I like that. Now, I hope that we're going to get a lot of uh, converts for next year, but let's introduce the panel first. All right. We got Mo Christensen. He's from We Talk Comics. Hello, from Renegade Arts Entertainment. Keith Callback. He likes helping people. And Jennifer LeBlanc. She's an actor. Also from We Talk Comics. Look, who's this? Oh, yeah. So, oh, we have a special guest. Are you going to come and sit up on stage with us? Yeah, I guess. Awesome, <laughs> Jeff Martin. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Woo! So, Jeff Martin. Are there any kids in the room? <laughs> I hope, I, okay. Just okay, I want to swear. Some right. first reps have a little bit of swearing. Okay, just have this kid tell us what swear words he knows, and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just one to yeah. I'm sure Alright, so first up, we're just going to get a quick panel vote of our first script. So we have Gladiator 2, which is the Russell Crowe Returns from the Dead uh, movie. Uh, we also have, let's see, Shazam, which is uh, supposed to star Patrick Warburton. We tried to get him in, but for some reason he wasn't coming. And then also we have Plastic Man, which was written by the Wachowskis, and that was slated to star Keanu Reeves. So we're gonna we're gonna start with a panel vote. For the next batch, we're gonna go to an audience vote. But panel vote, which one would you like to see? Mo, Shazam, Shazam. Ah, oh, I want I want to do Keanu Reeves. So you want to do Keanu Reeves? Everybody's gonna want to do Keanu Reeves. So you're gonna go Plastic Man, Keith? 
or just can't reason whatever script that we're gonna do. <laughs> I, I'll go with I'll go with Blaster Man. Blaster Man, Jennifer. Shazam. Shazam. All right, Jeff, you're gonna be the tiebreaker. Oh man, my boy, the gladiator one doesn't count anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this France style, and we just have to revote in a week. <laughs> Explaining Shazam script to me, so I want to see what that is because it's probably terrible. All right, Shazam wins. Okay, so what do we got here? Here we go. Mo, why don't you hand these out? Yeah, you bet. Is there a theme song goes with it? Oh, I don't know if there is, but uh, look at there's some great lines in here. Let me pass these down. Yeah, they're all marked the same. And after this, you get to get some audience participation. Yeah, for sure. Perhaps even after the first scene. <laughs> That's uh, okay. All right. So, what yeah. roles are in this one, Mo? And uh, so, who's going to be who's going to well, be the first off? First off, we're not going to be. Um, let's just say we're not going to have uh, Shazam in this first scene. Actually, this first scene, <laughs> of course, it's we're going to have Billy Batson, um, young Shazam, before he gets his powers. And uh, the first scene here, and this is this script is written by William Goldman. He won the Academy Award for uh, Butch Sundance and the, and the uh, what's his name? Butch Sundance Kid. Uh, All the President's Men. He wrote uh, the novel Princess Bride. So I mean, an excellent writer. Uh, and I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Nobody knows nothing. Nobody knows nothing. This opening scene: Billy Batson is a orphan who becomes to them Captain Marvel. And uh, he does not want to leave the orphanage. He's, being, he's, he's up for adoption. A couple is in to talk to him. The reason why is because he has a crush. He's 11 years old. Has a crush on a 15-year-old girl, Jenny, who also doesn't want to leave. She sees him as a little brother, and she doesn't want to be split up from him. She also will do whatever she can do to not be adopted. This is what Billy will do to not be adopted. That is this scene. So uh, I suppose. Don't see him. Pardon me? How old is he? 11. 11, yeah. Okay. We, should, we should remind people that he's 11 years old. He's 11 old. years old. She's 15. These people I have no idea. It doesn't say. Or maybe it does. So I tell you what, Keith, why don't you do the, uh, the narration? I'll do the narration. Um, I think Alex, I think you. Well, Jeff, why don't you do Billy Batson? I can actually totally do. <laughs> I can probably totally do a little kid voice. Uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. His uh, natural rich. voice is a little kid voice. The rich husband, then the rich husband, Alex. That would be you, perfectly. And then, of course, the, the is lady he British, British, and that's why we have a woman on the panel. The blue lines for you. Uh, so, as usual, this time, this time we won't have you, Alex, do the lady. But, uh, all right. So that's the uh, that's the script. Please uh, go ahead, gentlemen, ladies, and everybody. Exterior building of genuine tranquil beauty. This is the Gates Orphanage, and it is close, but not too close, to New York City. In the front, there is a lovely lawn, gorgeous trees, children are playing. Camera starts to move toward the building. We go past a discreet sign saying where we are, and now as the building comes close, we can make out voices. Tell us your interest, Billy. Your main talent, what is it? I don't think I could ever talk about that with you. (laughs) Now, son, see. There's a big mistake right there. If we are going to enter each other's lives, well, we can't have secrets. Cut to inside the interview room in the orphanage. It's the place where would-be parents talk to kids they might be interested in adopting. A couple of chairs, a sofa, a desk, all very comfortable. The male and female voices we have thus far, we've heard thus far, belong to a couple in their mid-40s. The woman has some facial work done. 
She dresses in clothing that did not come from a thrift shop. The man is just flat out rich. Everything about his manner speaks to that. A very confident fellow. I promise you can talk to me about your talent, whatever it might be. And I will be proud to hear whatever you have to say. (coughs) Cut to Billy Batson. This is our guy, folks. We don't know what's going to happen to him, and he sure doesn't know what's going to happen to him. But right now, what we see is plenty good enough. We're looking at an 11-year-old boy. Is he the handsomest kid? No. But if you were his, par- if you were his parents, you wouldn't, find a lot, eh, you wouldn't find a lot of things wrong with him. Is he the smartest kid on the block? No. <laughs> but, but he's never been accused of being dumb. Good athlete, sure. Popular, sure. Decent, kind, all that. But right now, he seems reluctant to speak. Just so you know, this character is named Fancy Wife. <laughs> um, I don't think that's just her actual name. <laughs> I'm just dying to know your talent, Billy. Just say it. I'm the greatest belcher in the world! <laughs> the rich husband and the fancy wife, they are stunned, yes. But more than that, they don't like it. And cut to Billy so upset that, he, that he's upset them and the words just tumble out. Long. <laughs> I know, I know. You think I must be the most conceited kid ever born, and that's why I hate talking about it, but it's true. It is. I really am great. Just listen. And now, and, now from, <laughs> and now from Billy, a mighty belch indeed, and the husband and wife are appalled, but Billy, he's humiliated. Oh, that was horrible. That's a nothing belch. Try this one. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks in some air and belches again much louder. Anybody in here? Do the belt? <laughs> no. Thank you. Oh, even that wasn't close to what I can do when I'm not under pressure like I am now. Because, well, you guys are so great, and I really want to put the shit out of you. And <laughs> the, the rich husband and fancy wife are on their feet. <laughs> I, I don't know how that word pops out. I never use that word. I mean, crap, sure, sometimes I say crap, but no, who doesn't? He, he brings his bare arms up to his mouth. I'm pretty good at this, too. <laughs> he makes... He begins making impressive farting sounds. The husband, <laughs> the husband and wife take, take off out the door. Cut to the interview room in the orphanage, the same place we saw Billy misbehaving. A different couple sits on the couch now. The husband is no question a cute guy. Way cuter than his wife, who is far too thin. It says skinny wife. I'm the skinny wife, I guess. So okay, I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hear it all. Well, we put a lot of faith in love. You agree with that, young lady? <laughs> I believe that love is what makes my world go round. <laughs> <laughs> and on those words, Jenny, and yes, she is gorgeous. Uh, we've seen her, we know that. She's also a tomboy, wears baggy clothes. <laughs> well, that lady's not in the room now, folks. We're looking at a sex bomb. Uh. Underlined. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny West, what did this thing? Uh, Jenny wears lipstick, a stylish dress, her hair is brushed perfectly, and falls beautifully behind, eh, down her shoulders. Passion, oh my, yes. One thing to be added, she is staring dead at the cute husband, and she wants him bad. <laughs> Cut to you, the skinny wife, and she cannot believe what is going on in front of her eyes. Malcolm, say something. Totally flustered. That's your first. Oh, I'm, so, I'm a cute husband. Uh, what do you want me to say? 
I can tell just by looking at Malcolm that he and I, well, I am going to be his little girl, and he sure is going to be my daddy. <laughs> 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 I read that line first, and he made it worse. Don't forget, Academy Award-winning screen. <laughs> Malcolm, Malcolm can't help it. He starts to blush like crazy. The skinny wife grabbing him, yanking him up. Okay, we're going to talk about this. Oh, she drags him out of the room, baseball. A basketball turn. Okay, let's cut to this. Okay, that's the end of this one. Um, <laughs> we have more Shazam. Let's jump ahead. Do you want more Shazam, or do you want us to move on to one of the other scripts where we put it up for a vote for you guys? New script. New script? New script. All right, all right. But, but I will say that, you know, Jeff, you're a darling 11 year old. I don't know how you grew that beard. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Let's see. What do we got here? So we have we have Lobo. We have the Plastic Man, which, which is great. I'll, I heard, I heard about that. Uh, we also have Ghostbusters Three. We have, and then we have the Gladiator Two. So, all right. Let's see. Uh, why don't we do Gladiator Two versus Plastic Man? Hands up for Gladiator 2. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, hands up for Plastic Man. Oh, I think Plastic Man wins. But it was close. Wait, dude. All right. Do you need an actual count or something here? Recount. It was very close. That means we're, we're jumping right into it. All right. I want to see put on the text too. Alright. Plastic man. You want to do Canada Race. Here's the problem. You want to do Canada Race. I want to do Canada Race. Alright, you do Canada Race. Alright. Maybe every tiny sentence. Yeah, or just every part's played by Canada Race. I'll tell you what. What are you guys on the panels doing a Canada Race? Everybody, everybody. Can't wait for your Canada Race. I, I think you're going to be great. <laughs> yeah. But how deep can you go? <laughs> Why don't you do the narration then? And the narration. No, there's a female part. Um, I, I'll do. Someone else can do female part for sure. All right. <laughs> I can do narration. This is a year old boy. <laughs> yes. Jeff can do the female. Jeff, that was gold. And uh, so I'm Susan. You're Susan. Susan. So this one, like to say, I don't know what else you say. Classic. Wait, dude. So go ahead. Yeah, okay. Mm. Fade in interior cage. We are a lab mouse. Our world is a cage. The laboratory beyond the Weschmeyer wire mesh has the sprawling limitlessness of a universe with dark, endless voids and immense technological instruments. We can hear a woman's voice, though we can't understand what she's saying. There are several other lab mice in our cage, and as the voice gets closer, there is a sense of mounting apprehension. We fight the other mice, pushing into the far corner. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Suddenly, the world beyond the mesh is eclipsed by the woman. If we were not a mouse, we might think she was beautiful. She opens the cage, and a panic erupts. There is nowhere to hide as her hand reaches in and takes hold of us. The cage seems to fall away as she lifts us. We can barely hear her voice over the blood pounding in our ears. She turns us over and injects us with a sapphire blue fluid. We are then placed in a small airtight tank. There is a small plexiglass window and several tiny holes. 
After a moment, we hear the hiss that valves opening. We begin to feel nauseous, our vision blurring and distorting. As quickly as the fluid filled the tank, it now drains. The hand again lifts us from the tank, but something is wrong because we slip through her fingers. The ground rushes up at us, but when we hit, we bounce and bounce. Flip-flopping, the bounces come closer and quicker, coming quicker and quicker, lower and lower until we are racing across the floor, free. We see the woman in her white lab coat screaming at her assistant as they try to corral us. We dodge, looking for a way out when we see, set in the tile floor, a drain. The world swirls with us as we dash toward it, the dark holes widening as we dive at them, plunging headlong into blackness. Interior. Dime store. The darkness becomes a curtain that is yanked open as a man steps out, talking to himself. Hi, Susan. No. Hi, Susan. We realize he has just, he has just stepped out of a photo booth. We do not see his face saying waist high as he waits for the photo strip. Howdy, Susan. Uh, no, uh, hello there. Uh, Dr. Bright? Uh, no, no, uh, uh, Susan. A uh, smoldering octave lower. Hello, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> the green light flashes and the strip of black and white picture drops. We descend past each picture of the man's face, framed tightly as if he was a panel on a comic book. Each face seems like someone who has a secret or who is trying to look very smart. Exterior, Susan Bright's brownstone, Bright's brownstone, morning. An upscale neighborhood, brownstones and coffee houses. Dr. Susan Bright steps out of her door. She is the scientist that we saw in the opening. She is in a hurry, juggling a briefcase, books in a cuff, cup of coffee as she heads for her car as we glide up behind her. Hello, Susan. The voice hits her like the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> oh my god! What god would that be? She turns around and we see the man, Daniel Eel O'Brien, black leather activist. We can't tell if he is dangerous or just trying to look dangerous. Daniel! Susan, no kiss? Not even for old times' sake? She forces a smile and gives him a hug. His hand slips into her lab coat pocket and then away. When did you? Been out for six months now. Really? What have you been doing? You know, this and that. She smiles. Still chasing litter bugs? His grin has an edge to it. If somebody has to. Same old Daniel. Oh no, not by a long shot. I may look like the old Daniel O'Brien, but inside, nothing's the same. Is that so? Oh yeah, see Susie, a man doesn't just do hard time just pick up where he left off. Oh no, the big house does things to a man. The big house? The big house. <laughs> Jesus, Daniel, it wasn't Rikers Island. It was work camp for white collar criminals. A cage by, a cage by any other name still smell like an ugly old man. Sounds like the same O'Brien to her. You know, I've been following your work at Argon Labs. Her smile disappears. Jeez, this is long too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking about you a lot all these years. Locked up in my cell. I tear through every issue of Midwest Science Journal looking for your latest findings. Watching as you slowly work your polymer dictionary experiments up to single celled organisms, the holiest of holies, the fruit, the fly, exciting stuff. And I tell you, you're really getting going. I guess I should be flattered. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said nanotechnology is going to change the world. It already is. I've heard they're using it to repair cancer cells. Yeah, for cleaning up oil spills. Right. 
<laughs> he moves closer, eyes smoldering. You ever wonder what happened to us, Susie? It was a long time ago, Daniel. We were young, different people, heading in different directions. That's all. She backs away. I don't know why she turned 80 suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was just waiting for the finish of the conversation. <laughs> well, it was good to see you, Daniel, but I have to be going. <laughs> Sir, can I ask you one more thing? You haven't published anything in a while now. Uh, she, she shrugs, getting into her car. Nothing really worthwhile. Uh, that's what I thought. She closes the door. Uh, see you. She guns her car's engine and the sound rolls into the roar of smokestacks, gaseous flames burning into boot-black clouds. Exterior Calumet City, day. An industrial wasteland of corrugated steel and chemical plants built around a small lake that shimmers with the oily iridescent. We're going to go right to. You guys go ahead to where it says the next scene is where we meet the bad guy. But uh, that's not nearly as exciting as the following scene where it goes exterior main gate. Da, 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 no, keep going. Uh, Admiral Hotel is like the That's it, Admiral Hotel Day. Get to that. We're gonna need Keith. Why don't you do the voice of uh, of the, the character that Daniel interacts with? I don't want to give too much away here. Man, I guess is his name. Oh, do you want to give the uh, litter bug somebody in the audience? Oh, maybe somebody. Anybody in the audience want to play a role? All right, we got back. Uh, let's go back here. I saw your hand first. All right, come on. Come on. Run, run, run. Yeah. What's your name? Mike. Mike. All right, let's have a round of applause, Mike. Uh, uh, you can be me or Mikey better than mine. So, yeah, that's, good. that's a good can That's pretty good. Public speaker? I am not, though. That's fine. And, and by the way, we're wrong. The serious street is the scene we want. Serious street. Where? At the top of a page, a couple pages later. Serious street. A new Keanu Reeves played by the one and only Alexander Pimple. Wait. All right. Serious. You are uh, O'Brien is moving against the general flow of traffic on a crowded street. He notices a man in a business suit with a briefcase in one hand, a white styrofoam cup of coffee in the other. The man, apparently in a hurry, slugs down the last of his coffee, crumbles the cup in his fist, and without a second thought, tosses the cup into the hedge. Hey! The suit walks right past him, oblivious to O'Brien's outrage. O'Brien looks back at the cup and then the man. A single word hisses from his lips. Bug. He rushes to the hedge and seizes the hold of the cup. Then he rolls back, chasing after the bug. Hey! Hey, you! Hey, Litterbug! Mr. Litterbug! He grabs the bug by the shoulder and spins him around. Excuse me, but I believe you dropped this! The litterbug? A very large litterbug laughs. <laughs> yeah, so? <laughs> so what? So what? For starters, how about littering? It's a crime! <laughs> Why don't you run off and find a cop and I'll just wait right here. Why don't you put this in your pocket so when you see a garbage can, you can put it where it belongs? Dude! <laughs> Why don't you just shut up your ass? <laughs> the litter box starts walking away, but O'Brien continues to dog him. No way! What is it with you and litter box? Is it a territorial thing? Mocking your death with your garbage, dude? I'm sorry, I gotta cut you up. Do you remember uh, when Keanu Reeves was in Bram Stoker's Dracula? And he kept no, going what? in and out of the English accent? <laughs> 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 no, hey, 
Case to the back of the head drops into the sidewalk. <laughs> Later on, you're gonna feel a whole lot worse. <laughs> he kicks him in the gut. Next time, mind your own business. He walks away as O'Brien squeezes the styrofoam cup, cracking it in his fist. <laughs> no good, stinking little bird. <laughs> I was fantastic in that scene. That's, that's my best work. That's my best work. I like the the Exxon Valdez reference. Really times that one, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a little old. Yeah. All right. So let's see now. What do you think? Uh, we got we got the uh, we got about fifteen minutes left. I know. So we could we could hop into Gladiator Two. I know that uh, that was interesting. We got Ghostbusters Three or the Crow Twenty Thirty Seven. So maybe we should. Uh, Maybe we should throw those up. Okay, so first, Gladiator 2. Alright, we got a good, a good smattering. Uh, Ghostbusters 3. Woo! That's Woo counts as two votes. <laughs> Alright, uh, the Crow 2037. Oh, yeah. No, I'm afraid not. So, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Ghostbusters 3 is the winner. Ghostbusters 3, alright. So now, just a, as a little bit of background here, in this case, we're gonna we're gonna start a little bit later on, uh, because in this, actually, right. I mean, the first scene we can probably skip. It's an infomercial for the for Ghostbusters Incorporated, which is run by a totally different guy. All the all the main guys have been have been kind of bought out, so they're no longer a part of it. Um, let's see now. Uh, sorry, what's Bill Murray's uh, character's name again? Peter. Peter. Yeah, Peter yeah. is now the mayor. So, this, <laughs> so uh, as Bill Murray would have wanted, he's rarely in the movie. Uh, 
And as far as as far as everybody else, Winston is still in the Ghostbusters, but he's a mechanic. So we're gonna pick it up. Uh, are we gonna bring anybody else? Anybody in uh, out there? Oh, yeah. Bring some women up here. Yeah, absolutely. Boston makes you feel so good. So I think you probably want to come on stage. All right, what's your name? Jordan. All right, let's have a big hand. How many people are in this one? That's a lot. I want to know some. How can you do sound effects? Can you do sound effects? Read it. Okay. Oh, there's a double-sided here. What else do we need? So, certain tiers on the interior. You guys can do machine guns. So we got All right, hold on, when we point. Everyone use machine guns for me on three. One, two, three. Five already. What do you do, Tracy? Alexander's not told you there are no machine guns in the scene. I don't know if there are bazookas in the Ghostbusters 3, but just in case, okay. Can we do it? Can we do a train passing, but we'll start the train at this side of the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like road transit. <laughs> could you, who could do the sound of an elevated train? It's, uh, it sounds different. <laughs> One person got that joke. <laughs> what about screams? Let's get everyone screaming. That's what it sounds like when I get up in the morning. <laughs> Good job. Are we ready? We're gonna carry I have no idea. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I, I think they're writing the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna write the script. script. Okay. Okay. <laughs> got a million parts here. So I'm gonna do narration then. Okay. So we'll just go through Tracy is down at the end, right? Yep. So Winston, Jeff, why don't you do Winston? Sure. Uh, Parker, ooh, Keith. Sure. Uh Who's Parker? Who's going to play Keanu Reeves? He'll <laughs> <laughs> play Ray. Of course, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character. And uh, why don't I not do the narration with even somebody who can actually read? Uh, Jen, play. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's hashtag. Okay. Mm. Uh, are we starting right from the beginning? No, uh, so from a couple interior. pages in. Hidden uh, here? Yeah, it's two starts in this one. Perfect. Okay. Mm. Winston not believe the four GBs heading, head down a dank cobweb spiral stairway, their shoulder lamps the only source of light, the decaying brick walls glisten with moisture. So how much further into this subterranean hell do we have to go guys? Is this really that important? And if it is, why are there only four of us? We warned you at the interview, do we? It's pretty self-sufficient work. I was just curious, considering how I was almost murdered upstairs by devil cats. Legally that encounter falls under occupational hazards. <laughs> yeah, well that sounds really illegal. I imagine it is. Oscar's headgear picks up writing etched into the walls. Ah, hold on there, squirt. So, Bratcom, let's get a look at that writing. Oscar steps back, holding up the rest of the group on the stairs. He looks over the unknown language etched into the old brick. Um, interior GB headquarters, night. You got next a screenshot of the writing. We didn't cast the Egon. We didn't cast the Egon. Oh, we didn't cast the oh, I, I don't know. Where the hell are we? What page are we on? Most shuffle pages. Yours. I'm Egon. All right. Don't. Yeah, yeah, try to mix it up with the pages you got in front of you. Yeah, That'll I'm sorry. I didn't play any of Bernie Sanders. That's right. No, Doc Brown. Doc Brown? Doc Brown. Is it Richard Hickman? 
Are you being too much of a coincidence? I'm wrong. You kept it this time. All right, I'll stop talking this about possible strings to get here. Very good. I know where we are. Are you following this story very well? I don't know what's going on in the script. What's going on? This went better in rehearsal. This is the club that led to all different scripts. Where are we? Where on earth are we? I don't know. Let's see Winston. Oh, did we skip some? Okay. Yeah, we skipped some in like stage direction, so I guess we're just going with that now. Who's Winston? From where? Just Winston. Just Winston. Jeff, you're holding things up. You know, I'm going to take some wood me. All right, this is ridiculous. I'm done. I want to go. Who's Parker? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like her, but I'm kind of with the crazy one on this one. Winston turns back annoyed. Go right ahead, rookies. We'll meet you back at the commons. You collected some samples of evidence. Uh, he pulls out the PKE meter and slides on a pair of ecto goggles, turning back to examine the cavernous drop. Parker and Tracy look to one another and then back to the creepy ascending stairs. They both know that they're not heading back without Winston. Oscar passes Winston, examining each empty cell, walking further and further ahead on the platform. Oscar. Yeah, we don't have that either. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm going to do that as Celestis alone. <laughs> Hey, little buddy, let's do any of those Oscar uses his PKE meter and switches it on. It immediately buzzes to life as he aims it out of cell. Oscar looks down physically at his hand. It's smoking. He has just enough time to turn that to the others before a streak of purple electricity blasts through his body, lifting him off his feet. Kid! Oscar's weightless body is wrenched left and right by an unseen force, his eyes glowing. White light shoots from his open mouth, and the entire cavernous area begins to vibrate and shudder. Pieces of brick and foundation crack free from above and shatter at the squad's feet. Ray. What the hell's going on down there? And just as suddenly as it began, the falling debris and rumbling stops. A booming demonic voice blasts forth from Oscar's floating body. That's a better reason. That's pretty like. accurate, yeah. <laughs> it's Cthulhu, man. What is that? French? <laughs> As if they didn't have enough problems, from below their vantage point, a massive cylindrical cage rises up from the depths, hundreds of feet tall, encased in steel bars and rotating slowly. More and more blasts of purple light shoot from Oscar. They all seem to be directed at this light cage, absorbing the hits, powering it up. And within the swirling cylinders, bits and pieces of floating, glowing objects, chairs, pieces of armor, bookcases, the missing Von Groen artifacts. Looks like this is where all the missing artifacts have been collecting. That much evil energy in one place is fine, though. Right? Uh, guys, little help. Egon looks up from the funerary languages book. He grabs the walkie, staring at the LCD screen. Oscar may have been possessed, but he's still transmitting a signal. I figured out the language. I'm there. Diving. 
Okay, next script. <laughs> and dialogue is unreadable. Um, Dude, whose script is this? Uh, I, uh, I think it's actually the guy who did like one of the Elder Scroll scrolls video games. We're gonna do a real quick scene from Spider-Man. Uh, 1985 Spider-Man was about to be done, and they didn't have the budget to do it, so, so Stanley pulled it. Uh, can, from can of, uh, can of Films, and also the big problem was that the guy who runs Can of Films, so not the guy who wrote the screen, but the guy who runs it, he wanted to make some changes to the script, he didn't understand what Spider-Man was. He thought that it was a man who uh, was like a werewolf, he turned into a spider. So, <laughs> not good, but the script isn't quite that, but uh, this is the script that, if you remember the Spider-Man movie, we had uh, Randy Savage. Bone saws ready, yeah! So, <laughs> there you go. So, in this one, in 1985, he interacts with David Letterman, and in the scene we're going to do, he interacts uh, with Hulk Hogan. Uh, it's the rustler, actually, real life Hulk Hogan. So let's uh, do the Brett. Maybe instead of where, standing there. Where are the scripts? Oh, I think you have. I gave you the script. You have the script. That's that's what I know. That. <laughs> Tell me what you're giving them out. Well, you, you were too busy uh, reading the book. Well, I'm trying to explain to people. So, <laughs> we're going to do that. It's all about context. Have you got a mark for uh, somebody in the audience? Uh, anybody in the audience want to try and do their Sylvester Stallone? It's one line. But okay, let's get you. And anybody in the audience want to try and do the role of Goon? Yep. What's your name? Brian. Brian Alright, yeah, one line. Come. Yes, this one. Standing up, right yeah, there. All right. What's your name? Okay. Let's have a round of applause. Let's have a round of applause. You've played Peter before in the past, so you're going to play yeah. Peter Parker once again there, Alex. Am I doing uh, sexy perf Peter again? No, that's the James Cameron uh, we did a couple years ago. I like James tying you up with my web. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You get one. You, you are you're doing the Sylvester Stone or you goon? He's goon. You goon. All right. Be prepped for it. So you got to get into this. This was for like seven. Okay. All right. I, I will do Hulk Hogan because I got it. Um, Dan, why don't you do Amazon? All right. And Keith, why don't you read the narration? I gotta do the narration, alright. And do we have a role then left for... Oh yes, we do have a role for Jeff. Uh, you're gonna do Reese. Who is Reese? Well, you'll see an 11 year old. Reese is an 11 year old with a really foul. Run out of time, let's get going. Alright, exterior, Times Square day. The marquee's traffic and lights. The rolling news sign reads, Long Island train disappears. Perched atop the sign, high above it all, Peter scans the scene, arms folded. Looking down, he sees a cheesy theater sign. Battle of Monster, $1,000 for one minute with Hulk Hogan. Contestants line up outside. Exterior theater entrance, day. Beneath the marquee, a dozen large men stand in line. Crowd noise from within. Peter takes a place behind a Rambo type in a bandana and fatigues and a goon wearing a narrow burglar mask, striped shirt and cap. Uh, what sort of mask? Don't want to look stupid. Yeah, you might use your scholarship. Your pocket's British, by the way. Wait, is it me? Hold on. Yeah. 
line. Uh, is that a joke? <laughs> oh, good. That was good. Uh, Peter slowly shakes his head. He glances across the street and, sp- and spies Lieber's novelties, toys, jokes, costumes. Interior wrestling arena. Thump. Rambo flies down on the mat. Hogan pins him. The crowd cheers. Near the ring, a new wave Amazon official cocks her hat at Peter, who wears a rubber fly mask with huge compound eyes and an antenna. (laughs) Uh, You look kind of scrawny for this. Peter flexes his muscles, none too impressively. (laughs) Uh, she She hands him a release form. Says you won't sue us if you get killed. (laughs) Peter Peter signs the release She reads it and shrugs Okay Mr. Thorke I trust ya He got an honest face Peter bows Rambo crawls out of the ring Peter bounces over the ropes onto the map Hogan looks at the fly mask contestant And then leads the crowd in derision Derision (laughs) A large digital one minute clock buzzes Peter gestures, come hither with both hands. <laughs> Hogan grins evilly and roars, lunging across the mat, dwarfing the skinny kid. Peter dodges the blonde giant, leaping and spinning across acrobatically. The crowd boos, demanding action. At ringside along the Amazon, Max Reese watches with interest. Reese is a world-weary, balding agent, none too successful, judging from his unpressed suit. Hogan laughs and goes for Peter again. This time he tosses the wrestler hard. He lifts Hogan over his head and slams him to the mat, carrying the flailing giant under his arm. How can you do those? Um, Peter, Peter scales a ring post. The clock ticks the last few seconds. He dangles Hogan by his bare toe like a prized trout. Oh, yeah, now I have a line. Yeah. Now tell me you love me. Let me down, my face. That's not even close. Peter drops Hogan face first on the mat as the buzzer sounds. The unruly crowd boos and hisses. Hogan rolls over the mat in pain and his nose and with his nose bleeding. Peter leaps up, genuinely concerned. He puts his hand on Hogan's shoulder. Are you okay? Get away from me, freak. <laughs> Exterior alley, still masked. Peter exits the back door, counting ten one hundred dollar bills. The door opens again and Reese rushes out, fumbling for a business card. Ah, uh, kid, you were terrific. Max Reed's not the ass. <laughs> <laughs> is it Juno or something? Ah, skip it. Question is, do you want it again? Oh, um, I don't know, uh, Mr. Reese, but, um... Peter reads the business card while Reese sizes him up. I know about the mask. I want to get something sexier. You belong like bugs. <laughs> the door slams open. Hogan strides out, bruised and furious. He walks over to Peter. Reese backs off. Hogan lumbers to Peter. Two ominous beats. How you doing, kid? Oh, look, Mr. Hogan, I'm really sorry about what happened in there. Really. You'd be great, kid. Just let me, just stick with it, dude. Let me give you the one piece of advice, brother. Be a good guy, brother, dude, brother, brother, dude, brother. <laughs> right, brother, dude. Hogan gets Peter a big hug, a big smile, and heads back into the building. Peter he- heads off, and Reese calls after him. My name is my dad. Call me.
enjoy the rest of your expo experience. And also, let's have one last round of applause for the volunteers. Round of applause for Mr. Brett Podcast, the team Enjoy yourself and uh, you know, check us out next year. Yeah, we can.